Draper City Talk is a podcast produced by the Municipal Government of Draper City, Utah, where we discuss local government services and issues and the community at large. Hello, Draper City. Uh, Welcome again to our Draper City Talk podcast. I'm Mayor Troy Walker, and we're here again today with some exciting guests that uh, serve on one of our very important committees. I first want to introduce and thank uh, Linda Peterson. She's our Director of Communications here at Draper City, and she is the lady who puts this together and hopefully edits it so it makes some sense and uh, is good information for the public. So thank you, Linda. Happy to be here. All right. Well, today... We have two guests. Um, We have Mr. Dave Cloward, who is the chair of our Draper City Tree Committee. And with him, we have uh, his vice chair, who is Michelle Coker. And uh, both of these individuals serve on our tree committee. And so we're excited because the tree committee doesn't just deal with just trees. They they also deal with ways that we can save that most precious resource that we have, water. So we're going to talk a little bit about all those things. So uh, Dave and Michelle, why don't we start, Michelle, why don't we start with you? Uh, give us a little background on yourself. Why did you join the Draper Tree Committee? Why did you want to? Where do you come from? Tell us, you know, all a little bit about your background and what motivates you to be on our committee. Sure. Um, so I lived in Southern California for most of my life and just recently moved to Utah about five years ago. And I studied horticulture. Um, I'm a landscape designer And moving here from Southern California was um, quite eye-opening due to the amount of lawn that we have in our landscapes. So you you didn't have that much lawn in Southern California? No. You're saying, so we had more. Yes. That was something you actually noticed when you moved here. Okay. Yeah, there's a big difference. Very interesting. Um, And with that, um, the way that we were irrigating it, um, I saw neighbors with... Sprinklers that would be spraying across walkways and driveways to catch the other side of the lawn. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, with that, I I knew I had to find a way to um, help spread, you know, some education about drought tolerance in the landscapes. And so I have been doing landscape design um, and along the way have helped people one-on-one and wanted to find a way to help more people at once. And I found out about the tree committee and thought this could be a great way to help out, um, give help to the community on a larger scale. And What's your educational background, Tim? Um, so my first round of college was interior design. And, um, and then I realized where, where how much... At, where at? Um, San Francisco State University. Okay. All right. All right. And then um, I realized I really loved working in my garden and plants, and I went back to school for horticulture. And the more I learned, the more I loved it, the more I realized there's more to learn. And so it's a never-ending pursuit you know, of education. And, and I love and enjoy being able to share that with others. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, you're an excellent designer. Um, I did hire Michelle and independently of our committee, but to, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what we've done in my yard, but Michelle is very talented and um, 
and she, you know, she's pretty good at making sure we do it right, even when she's dealing with me, which was probably, she had to give me some more direction than I probably wanted, but it was, uh, it was good. So thank you. Um, Dave, tell us about yourself. Uh, give us your old background. And sure. Well, thanks for having us here today. Uh, I want to first thank uh, Michelle. It's been great to have her join the team. And she's one of, you know, probably a, a 10, you know, people that we have that have been committed, some of them for a long time on the committee and uh, have, you know, great experience in, in these areas to, to help the city. Um, my background is not the one to, you know, help the city that much on that as much as to help the committee. Um, I just wanted to serve in the community in some way. And uh, one day I saw, you know, an ad in the Draper paper. This is about, I think, seven, eight years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And uh, I thought, oh, I'll see if I can do it. And I just had an interest, you know, my... Uh, maybe the, my training was dad forced me to work in the yard, you know, when I was younger and having an appreciation for it. And then um, I had a little landscaping business and my brother and I had together and he ended up continuing that business and, and it's going really big. But um, when I landscaped my own yard here in Draper and moved here from Sandy at a third acre, and I planted like 55 trees, you know, on <laughs> this third acre, it was all flat and we tried to make it to not flat and, and look more natural. And, and if you looked at my home from, you know, Google Maps uh, from above, you know, if the aerial photo, it looked like I'd build a fort around my house, you know, and, and all my neighbors had none. <laughs> but it was contagious and they all planted trees. And so I just thought I'd love to see that perpetuated throughout Draper and having moved from Sandy. And then uh, I just really appreciated some of the tree-lined streets they had. I mean, I moved here 22 years ago, so we're still not very developed here. Yeah. And, uh, and what's your, tell us a little bit about your professional educational yeah. background. What do you, so I've been in uh, technical sales, you know, most of my career. So just been a sales executive. Um, and then I've owned a, a business that we sold the, the last January. And so that's been, uh, my career is just kind of in sales and so running you teams. You don't have any special education in horticulture like Michelle does. I don't. Or anything like that. No. You're, just, you're a tree guy. Yeah, I just love the trees. I want to see that the, the committee's effective and that we're moving forward with kind of the actions and things we do. So that's kind of my my role. But And we have a couple other like me that uh, play that role and help with the committee. And then we have those on the committee who have uh, specific training or experience. And like uh, one of our uh, committee members owns a you know large nursery right. and things right. like that. Yeah, we're lucky to have the committee we have because, you know, when you look at cities and trees and what, what you know, everyone, people, sometimes these developers, they just plant the trees they, right. they can get. Like, you know, they get a good exactly. deal on them. They plant them in the park strips or, or wherever. But there are a lot of trees that don't work that well right. in Draper. And we've learned by, you know, sad, hard-knock experience which ones break the sidewalks, which ones right. cause the trouble. And so... That was one of the reasons I wanted to join, actually, because in the neighborhood that I... Uh, I mean, it was started as an HOA development, but then it got kind of broke up before, and then they just started selling off the lots. And so part of the homes had tree, uh, trees in the park strips and they weren't designated exactly which species of this type of tree. And so we had a, just a mishmash of people trying to match the trees and they were flowering pears, which are beautiful in the springtime but they don't canopy high enough really right. to walk under, you know, for a, a sidewalk and they are prone to disease, prone to insect problems. They're just this lifespan of them is really short. And so then you end up with a, a street that a lot of these are dying, but they're looking terrible. <laughs> exactly. So that's our, one of our objectives. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, okay. um, 
Uh, a lot of people are probably like me. I hate yard work with my soul. Um, <laughs> I enjoy a nice yard, but I do not like to do the work, although I will do it. Um, but when we talk about, you know, what's, what, are, what's, what do you, Michelle, if, in your words, if you were somewhere to say to you, what does the tree committee do? What's its function? What would you say? I would say we aim to provide education to the community um, to support the planting of the right types of tree species and also um, proper care and maintenance of those trees. Um, and also um, we've really looked into how to be more water efficient in landscaping in general. And, when, and, and Dave brought up a good point about the kind of trees because in my own neighborhood, we have flowering pears and then the Zelkova tree. Um, but it is interesting because some of the flowering pears grew up, turned out okay, then they got sick. And yep. then there's, and so you don't, you don't end up with that canopy that there's a couple neighborhoods that have, have the gorgeous you know, canopy. Good yeah. canopy. But, yeah. And so the fact that we have a committee and one of our goals is to help people say, if you want that look, you want that tree lined right. street. We're going to show you which trees work in your soil. I mean, yeah, we even get both, specific, don't we? Exactly, both individuals and developers. Right. So I've already kind of categorized our, our objectives, you know. First is that we want to have tree-lined streets, you know, so places just don't have that, and uh, that beautifies the city. Um, and second is that we would have sustainable new developments so that they do plant the right trees in the right way, in the right place, um, and that we make sure that the, the city has code to divide that, uh, drive that, and also we have a street tree guide, and so that's yeah, important. That's a that's a great point. Um, so if you're a Draper citizen and you want to plant some trees, or you've got a new yard, or you just want to know what tree would fit in your neighborhood, you can go to our website, correct, and get the street guide, yep. and you can look. And it is specific, if I recollect, to the areas of the city. So there's some areas that are sandier, some areas that have more clay. So this guide really helps people in their neighborhood. Yeah, you can go to the, the, the website and under landscaping for, for residents, then the first thing there is the street tree guide. And it will ask you how wide your park strip is, you know, whether you have power lines, you know, above your park strip or not, and then recommendations of trees on that list. Excellent resource. And, and also um, whether or not you have secondary water right. as opposed right. to culinary water. Right. We've all had a summer of the backflow valve. <laughs> in installation um so right secondary water culinary water i have my own vicious battle with the backflow valve i would which just passed i might add its test yesterday so oh good awesome. water pros not <laughs> shutting my water off now so um, they told me they would be happy to make an example of the mayor not having the backflow yeah. preventer so and one of the things we'll talk about later is as michelle mentioned the third category is this education and assistance to residents right. so we were providing classes things that they can they can sign up for. So let's talk for a second about, we, we, we know we're in a drought, probably the worst droughts in mm -hmm. our modern recorded history. And if you don't believe in the drought, well, you need help. Um, but you, you know, you can look at any reservoir that we have. And I always say one of the great, one of the great leadership events that occurred in our history were the folks who saw the vision of the Central Utah Project, because, you know, they built these reservoirs before there were any people before it made any sense, but if they hadn't done it, it would it would be a different right, world. For sure. I mean, from you know, I, we were talking to some of the water managers, Jordan Valley, 
for so strawberry reservoir if you've ever been up there is a fishing place for me yep. um, but in the next year or two for the first time strawberry is going to come online as a as a water as a reservoir that's going to feed our irrigation and use oh really i mean so it's been that many years that strawberry has sat off the system but what vision those folks had i just i know they're all passed on but i always want to give them credit because mm-hmm. they were some forward thinkers let's talk about the drought current challenges to trees specifically because you know we've we've got people that are cut back watering their lawn um and you know lawn can come and go but we want to save our trees so let's talk about the the stress of the drought the impacts and then we can talk about secondary water yeah. and how it works on trees. So whichever one of you wants and to jump in, Michelle, do you want to? There's even some benefits of trees in terms of drought. I'll let right. Michelle speak to that. Michelle, give us a little horticulture lesson, if you will. On yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, drought is obviously uh, very much putting a stress on our trees. Um, even the, the oldest, tallest, um, most established trees that have been doing just fine for several years um, we've seen a decline in those and have lost quite a few. Um, Not the elm trees, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then the the stress on the trees, um, if it doesn't take them down just from pure lack of water, it does weaken them and make them more susceptible to pests and diseases to come in and take advantage. Um, and then also the... Um, the effects of our soil, um, we have very challenging soils here. You either have really thick clay soil or sandy soil, um, an extreme of either one. And um, yeah, there's no in between. There's no in between. <laughs> and um, these soils are most often compacted. And so the trees have a hard time absorbing water and nutrients as it is with the soil types that we have. And, you add drought on top of that and it just compounds it. Um, And then our secondary water supply, um, specifically here in Draper, um, coming from Utah Lake, it's very high in salts. And so you mix the high salinity of the water with the clay soil that just holds on to those salts and the trees are even less able to absorb the nutrients and water. So all around, it's very challenging, so it's important to be able to know which trees are going to be t- toughest, you know, which trees are going to be the toughest to... Um, which ones have the best chance most resistant, of yeah. making you. it here yeah. and, and being viable, right? So, right. And Dave, so, you know, you talk about the trees you planted when you first planted your 50 yeah. trees. So if you could go back in time, would you plant different trees? Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, I look back and I think, oh, yeah, why did I plant those trees? Because I know now how that they grow, what size or whether they die back and and things like that. And, and luckily, most of mine were pretty good choices since I had the help of, you know, others and, and uh, a landscaper. But even then, would be shocked at how many landscapers really aren't that educated concerning tree selection. Now they're good at planting them. Right. Um, <laughs> they're good at selling yeah. them. And selling them, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah. some are very good at knowing as well, but yeah. you probably should really consult an arborist, and we have some really great arborists here. Yeah, we have one employed with Draper City that's really good. So, um, and you know, I, I'm proud of the fact that we're a Tree City USA and have been mm-hmm. for many, many years because it's important to us. Um, I, I made a little joke about the elm trees, but um, they're not my favorite tree, right. but they are a tree and I respect them. Um, 
But uh, you know, you look at some of the trees that really thrive here, and that that's got to be the toughest tree on the planet, yeah. in my opinion. I think it uh, it's like the invincible tree. Right, those cottonwood trees and Russian olives that just seem to grow yeah. naturally around those yeah. rivers. They can grow in your gutter, right. by the way, quite yeah. well. You know, and like a millimeter of dirt, they can grow. Yeah. So they're amazing. But let's talk about a little bit about, so we talked about the challenges. So what can our committee do to help people find the right trees? Dave, what, what, yeah. tell me what you, you know, if, you, if you're, if I have a new lot and I yeah. want to put some trees in, yeah. tell me what I should do to get the most education and use, use sure. our committee for the, for for sure. as the best resource. Yeah, there really are a lot of resources, and I'll let uh, uh, Michelle jump in as well on some of these. But don't just rely, as I said earlier, on just maybe a landscape landscaper, right? You may want to pick a landscape designer that really knows, and uh, make sure if you're going to buy from a nursery, you know, locally, and that's what you usually do. You don't just go down to Home Depot and pick up what they have. So get some education beforehand through some of those resources. You can even go to, like Utah State uh, you know, University has their extension and, and website has really valuable information there. They're kind of the experts here you know, in the state that everybody would refer to as the authority. Um, and, but beyond that, about picking maybe the, the, the right species, you gotta look at what is it you wanna achieve as well. You know, am I, am I trying to achieve, you know, shade here and for what practical function, you know, in my yard? Or is it just an ornamental for beauty, you know, or is it to match the, you know, uh, provide some canopy across the sidewalk? Think through the function of the trees and then, most importantly, think about how they actually are going to be at maturity. People buy stuff from wherever, it's a nursery or Home Depot or something, and they don't realize that and they plant a 40-foot wide spruce, you know, mm -hmm. three feet away from their, their fence. Yeah. <laughs> and it's their neighbor's fence, too. And they don't think through what it's going to look like, you know, in 10 years or 20 years. Michelle, what do you think if you were going to, you know, well, I can tell you what, what Michelle did for me. So, yeah. and, and this is why getting a designer is good, because what Michelle only kind of laid out, we flipped our strip, um, and we're flipping our front yard. So by, in a few weeks, my all my grass in my front part of my house is gone, and so what we did was we we had Michelle give us a plan, and it was a, it was a you know a design plan to show you what it would look like, but it also what I thought was most helpful is we picked plants and we picked specific plants to go in the you know like this kind of grass, this kind right. of and and we had it on our plan. So when we planted them, we we just put them in, and it not only does it look really nice, but it it made sense to sort of bring the plants that make sense that will ultimately grow bigger and take up less or take up more space. So you're, right. you know, you've got less to do with. So give us your opinion on that. What, if someone wants to plant some new trees, what would you tell them to do? So um, first step is like Dave mentioned is considering what you want from these trees, um, the function of them. And then also to look at the location that you're going to put it in, um, the size of it, um, whether there's power lines above, um, physical restrictions like that come into play. Um, and then looking for one resource um, on the Draper City website under the Residence tab in Landscapes, we have the recommended tree list. And that's really helpful because it lays out these are the trees that have been evaluated for specific sizes of park strips with or without power lines over the top. And you can have a, a narrowed down list of some choices. Because um, when you go to the nurseries, 
um, it can be overwhelming. There's just so much right. to choose from. Um, and then also, if you do go to these nurseries, I recommend going not to the big box stores, but to the local nurseries um, where they have more information to give you. And if you talk to them and let them know what you're looking for, they can lead you to the right tree species. Well, good. Let's let's talk a little bit now about, uh, um, I, I flipped my strip, as we've kind of talked a little bit about, and I want to just say, I did it. I wanted to be an example to the community for, for, for doing it. I'm also a believer in the conservation part. What got me to do it was, you know, the years of the drought as it's accumulated, but I spent some time in Tucson the year before last. Now, Arizona is much wetter than Utah. And I was in Tucson visiting my son. He was in Army training. And um, I was, I, I, as I drove around, it was a pretty city, a lot of cool neighborhoods. Nobody had grass in their park strips. Nobody had right. lawn in their front lawn. And I said to my wife, you know, here's a place that's almost double the wetness of Utah. And they don't, they've already caught on to it. And I thought, you know, so I came home wanting to do it, and I'm really glad I did. But let's talk a little bit about it. So I did it the dumb way. Um, I used a shovel <laughs> That's right. to dig, and I dug, I can say honestly, all but ten, maybe eight feet of my 78-foot park strip out by myself. Wow. And I'm old now, and I'm, I used to be a really capable outside worker. Whoa. There was, that was as hard a work as you can do with yeah. a square mouth shovel. My grandfather had no use for for a short-handled shovel, so I felt like I was working with one the whole time. Uh-huh. But um, so we we dug it out, and then we had Michelle come, and we used local scapes, um, which I think is what I frankly think this is what everyone should do. If I if you want my opinion, I think this program is phenomenal. Not only does it tell you what to do, it gives you some rebate for doing it, and it's all well done, well researched. Phenomenal information, and so let's talk a little bit about maybe you, because you, Michelle, you helped me with mine. So, mm-hmm. talk about the process that you, you know, we kind of went through, and and how how it can work. Sure. So when you decide that this is what you want to do and flip your strip, um, the water district offers rebates um, through their flip your strip program, and um, when you go online, um, utahwatersavers.com is the website to access information, to register for an account, and then apply for the program. They offer a a webinar class, online class, that you can take. It's about- Which is outstanding, yeah. Yes, you took it, you and your wife. Um, Very informative. They walk you through the steps of the process and teach you the best practices in doing it, and also, why you know there's reasons for these guidelines that they've implemented in the program and ultimately the goal is um, one to save water but also to improve your curb appeal to reduce your maintenance Um, it's a win-win for everybody Um, and so when you start with the program um, you you do have to apply and get approval Mm -hmm. once you get that approval then you can start removing your lawn um, I usually suggest to kill it off first because the roots, if you just remove the top layer, any roots that are still alive underneath that are going to sp- sprout up again with new grass. Killing it off, removing it down, having a plan, I should start with that, yeah. having a plan to start with, um, and then converting it to drip irrigation. And then after you put your plants in, then you finish off with a really thick layer of mulch. 
And that mulch is going to help maintain the temperature of your soil, reduce the water consumption of your plants. Um, it feeds, if you do an organic mulch, it's gonna feed the soil, which if you have healthier soil, you automatically will be rewarded. Your plants will thank you because they'll be happier. And it just looks great. And you're not out there mowing and edging the lawn week after week. So I, we were the family that when we turned on our park strip sprinklers, we watered the sidewalk really good. Yeah. I mean, good. And the road. We got the road pretty good, too. So right. mm -hmm. And the grass every now and then would get some water. Right. And part of that's a function of maybe a bad sprinkler system. But, but it doesn't matter. When you're trying to water from two sides of a park strip, you're going to have a whole bunch of water get wasted. And so, I mean, I can tell you, what, since we've done this, we put the drip irrigation in, um, we can water for, you know, if it's once a week for an hour or whatever it is, you, there's no wasted water. It's amazing. Yeah. None. It's just, and the plants get it, yeah. and it's not wasting water. It's awesome. Mayor, if I can jump in, too, yeah. and say what Localscapes is not, because Localscapes is actually a Utah uh, program, and other states have wanted to use that term, but Jordan Valley Water Conservancy District has wanted to uh, protect that term because we don't want it to be perceived as the neighbor that uh, just tore everything out and then put a bunch of red rock down, you know, and uh, some cactus, right? Zero scape. It's not zero scape. Yeah, yeah that's not, a key difference. It's not right. zero scape. It's not to look like, you know, that uh, you are in Las Vegas that wasn't done properly with some gravel, you know. And so the the goal is that the designs are very intentional and functional. So they're not ripping out all of your grass. They're just doing a common area of grass that can be used. And then around there, instead of having a big patch of grass that goes along the side of the fence or the house or something that's not even functional, that's the type of thing that they remove in the plans for you to be qualified for that. So it's really functional, very intentional of how you're going to use your yard. And usually people get a lot more use and enjoyment out of the yard after they've gone through a Localscapes plan design. Now, one of the things I was impressed with Localscapes about is we, we got our plan, we got it approved, and then they came out and checked it, right? So, right. I mean, you can't fool these guys. You can't have uh, drip irrigation mixed with spray irrigation because right. they'll they'll find out. Um, that, not that you would want to try, but it, I just think it's good. They they hold yeah. they hold you accountable, exactly. and then they give you a, a, a decent rebate for for doing it. Doesn't cover well, you know, and, obviously and the they whole give cost. you some guidance. So yeah, in these local scaped classes, we held some in was it May June? Yes, May, and then we're doing some again now in September. Um, you get good guidance on your design and how to make it, you know, very useful and functional. And I think a misnomer is that people think it's only flip the strip, you know, only that park strip, but it's actually doing your whole yard. I recently uh, did a, a submitted some plans to the city, and luckily mine was already designed such that I didn't have to remove grass in my front yard or backyard because I already had it designed properly. But I do need to make some changes in some of my irrigation and I need to flip the strip. And so there's, it's, a, it's more than just to flip the strip part as well. Yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing. And if you want to see a couple of yards that are, um, you know, I don't know if Michelle wants her address out there, yeah. but uh, she probably doesn't. <laughs> but if you know Michelle, hers, hers is good. You can come yeah. by my house. My house, I'm very happy with how it turned out. It looks great. And it's, they have examples on the, yeah. the, the um, is it localscapes.com website? Yes. They yeah. have examples of, of uh, yards that have been uh, changed and uh, including Draper. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be done with my front yard in a few weeks. But anyway, what what a great group we have. Thank you for both uh, being willing to serve on our committee. 
um, you know, it's this true volunteer, it's true volunteer work. You don't get any, you don't get paid. You, you might get an appreciation dinner That's once right. a year, right? <laughs> um, but we do appreciate the technical expertise, the organizational expertise from you, Dave, and all the other members of your committee that are that show up, care about Draper, care about the landscape, care about water, care about making our community look beautiful. We're really grateful to have all of you. So thank you for all you do, and um, we we really appreciate your work. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank I think you. I think going forward as a community, I hope we all start to look at ways we can truly change the way we use water because. Um, I, I think we're headed to this position where we're going to not have much landscape, you know, lawn landscaping. We're just getting to the Colorado River. It serves millions of people, and it's tapped right now. It's, you know, we've had a lot of rain. I know a lot of people think, oh, we got a lot of rain. We're coming out of the drought. We're not coming out of the drought yet. We, right. We've got a lot more rain to get. I watched last night. We're, we're still half the rain we normally get. As they usually say, we're either in a drought or we're recovering from a right. drought. <laughs> right. So. Right. But I think you can make it beautiful, you can make it functional, you can save a lot of water. I mean, my water bill has just gone in half. It's amazing. It's great. And um, I couldn't be happier with it. Plus, I don't have to mow it. I don't have to edge right. it. <laughs> a little bit of weeding, but not yeah. a ton. I mean, you know, I can, I can pull a few weeds either than mowing and edging. So anything else, Linda? What do you think? I think it's great that we have such dedicated volunteers, and they've been diligent in sharing information regularly with the residents and it's been wonderful to work with them. I think something that I've noticed lately is HOAs are getting on board mm. with allowing people to flip their strip and and do some of these other adjustments because that has been kind of a barrier recently. But I think the drought has reached a point where they understand that they've got to let people have some flexibility with that. So We've adjusted our ordinances to accommodate it. So um, yeah, we're we're committed as a city and the council's committed to, you know, to continuing to improve our, our what situation. Well, right, well, thank you, everyone. Um, we appreciate it. Localscapes.com. Localscapes.com. And then our tree committee website. Correct. And also UtahWaterSavers.com. UtahWaterSavers.com. So, folks, if you want to do it, there's plenty of free information. There's, it's, it, there's, there's no excuse. It's nice rebates. Yeah, my only recommendation is don't use a shovel. Yeah. Get someone to dig it out. <laughs> So, all right, well, thank you all. Have, have a great day. Thank, thank you. For timely information on city news, events, traffic alerts, and public safety emergencies, you may subscribe to email or text notifications from Draper City by visiting draperutah.gov forward slash notify or follow us on social media at Draper City Utah on Facebook and at Draper City on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This has been Draper City Talk. Please join us again.